Please be advised, the following program may contain explicit language. From the kitchen table, this is Get Close Panic. I spoke to Kath's story this week, the union kid who very much turned into a union grown-up. Kath is so focused on social justice and the well-being of others, it's sometimes hard to get her to talk about herself. The way she speaks is both cheerful and very determined. She's someone who has very clearly found a job she knows is important and she can do well, which I personally think is sort of the dream. Kath and I met through the very political theatre group she talks about in the interview, and I like her observation about the blending of creativity and politics and how that sort of made her into an activist. She also makes some really sharp observations about finding value in the jobs you have along the way to the job, so you can enjoy yourself and feel you're contributing meaningfully, even when you're doing something you might not have daydreamed about. Anyway, I'll be back at the end of the podcast as usual with a little bit of housekeeping. Until then, enjoy! Uh, all right. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't be. Um, it's, well, it's just like, it's, I think it's pretty easy. I'm going to, sorry, not to make this thing threatening, but I'm just going to No, no, no. I don't know why I'm nervous. It's, uh, once you start talking, you'll realize it's just you in the most kind of simple way, just going through your life. I know. So I usually will just go chronologically, Mm -hmm. um, starting with whatever point you think is relevant. So like when you started to be interested in what it is that you're doing now or or some sort of career or work when you first started working, whatever you think is kind of the right point to start at. Yeah. Um, And we'll just go from there. Cool. Yeah. You just talk freely, talk as much as you want to, and I'll just prompt you if I want you to say anything. Awesome. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. So just start by introducing yourself and then we'll go from there. Is that all? It's oh. all on. It's all happening. It's all been happening for a while. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, I'm Catherine um, and Catherine Story, and I work for a, um, a public sector union as a union organiser. Cool. All right. So just starting wherever you feel natural, um, talk about when you first started being interested in a particular career. Okay. Um, well, I grew up as um, a union kid, so... My dad um, has always worked for unions, almost always worked for unions um, as throughout my life and still does. Um, my mum uh, has always been a union member as well. And so um, I spent a lot of time around union people growing up. Um, and I also spent a lot of time at union activities such as rallies and um, barbecues and, um, you know, those kind of politically motivated spaces I guess um (laughs) and 
so I really grew up with um, an understanding and um, being involved in that kind of union community. Mm. So I guess that's that's where I started from a really, really young age. Um, as I started getting older, I was involved in just, I guess, broader, throughout high school, broader kind of social justice kind of causes. I'm not necessarily union causes, although it was still... Um, attending all the rallies and things like that yeah and so I was really interested in women's issues I was really interested in yeah broader social justice movements and I was a bit of a nerd um at school (laughs) so I was in my social justice group and, and running that and I was um kind of trying to get everyone involved in you know activisty causes and I was doing you know youth theater and that was kind of took a political edge as well and I was in a I was in a youth um political theater group which was really really I think fundamental to kind of building me as an activist um because it kind of I'm quite creative and um melding that with with kind of that activist background that I'd, I'd always been around perfect yeah so I guess even though I grew up in a union family, I wasn't in the union when I was um, a teenager working in and, and a young adult when I was at uni working in um, hospitality. And I experienced many of the things that I wouldn't want anyone to experience at work working in that area. Um, when your shifts just get cut and nobody tells you, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're just kind of hanging out for the roster, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I did that. There was obviously sometimes work health and safety issues that came up in in that area as well, working in hospitality that I think a lot of people who work in hospo um, just think is the norm. Yeah. You know, getting burns and cuts and things like that. And so I guess from even though I had had a lot of um, exposure to unions, even when I was in that, kind of setting I didn't necessarily click to me that, yeah. that I should join yeah. um, and that was because I was mostly working in small cafes and things like that where um, maybe I'd never see my union organiser yeah. and then I worked for um, like a registered training organisation mm-hmm. which was really interesting um, because I had never really thought that I would work in I guess the private sector mm-hmm. um, but I found that really interesting because, and I was a union member by then. Um, Student union? Is that when uh, you were at uni? I was at uni. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and that was really interesting because um, I, I find it really interesting how when you work in, in a job that you don't, you don't necessarily think that you're going to like and then you really like it. So I was doing a lot of kind of marketing stuff and writing copy mm-hmm. um, for a small business and, I actually really enjoyed that work, yeah. um, even though I didn't necessarily expect expect that I would yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Um, and I did have quite a very good boss, um, and so I think that definitely that always helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's very interesting how you know you can kind of work in a space that you don't think that you're, you're or you don't perceive yourself to work in. But then everybody's always working in jobs that they don't think that they're going to work in. Um, <laughs> Because you need to have a job, you yes, know, you, you need do. to make some money. Yeah. Um, and finding the things that you like in um, in a job that you don't necessarily, well, it's not that you don't think that you're not going to like it, but you don't necessarily, hadn't been in your 
in your career plan yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, something that you would imagine yourself liking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think all jobs, um, in all the jobs that I have done, mm. I've been able to talk to people and that's my favourite thing to do. So yeah. that's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, simple pleasure. <laughs> Did you go to uni straight out of high school? Yeah, straight yeah. out of high school. Yeah. And at uni, I really got involved in the kind of student politics mm. space. And so from there, um, I was women's officer on the student council um, and I got really involved in, you know, organising around women's issues. And there I met, well, I'd always, I'd always known them, but I really started to get involved in organising with um, a lot of union women. Mm-hmm. So that was things like International Women's Day, things mm-hmm. like, yeah, those union women's kind of groups and spaces. Um, and that was through the through the student council. So I was getting students involved in that. Um, and then I went to be student president after that. So I was really starting to get involved in a whole bunch of mm. um, organising campaigns. And, and I was really linked in with the unions mm. in relation to, you know, things like when I was at university, the university union, so the NTU, mm-hmm. the yeah. um, tertiary education union. Um, and so I did I did an internship with them when I was at uni and that kind of linked in with with my studies as well, mm. which was um, gender studies, yeah. as, as, as you know. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the women that you kind of connected with, with in the union, how did you know them? So um, because I grew up in a union family, mm. in many ways they were um, friends of my parents or um, – or people that were around my parents as well. Okay. Um, so I already knew them, but mm. I really got to know them when I was um, organising with mm. them. So that was things like Reclaim the Night, that was an International Women's Day marches and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I really did find um, the the um, women in the union movement as a major inspiration as to why I would continue working or go to work in the union movement because... Um, because they were just to the point, kind of very organised. Yeah. Um, they wanted to get things done in the most efficient and strategic <laughs> way, but but at the same time still being really um, dedicated to the ideology and dedicated to um, to I guess the broader movement and social justice issues. Yeah. Um, and so I found that really inspiring. Because uh, I was also organising in other spaces where there was a lot of talking and not um, not very much action, mm. and so I really was inspired by this um, this idea of um, you know actually giving people things to do and just getting the things done and that um, kind of practical way of going about yeah. <laughs> achieving yes. your goals in 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 you know in relation to getting things getting things done yeah. in, within activism yeah. I did spend a lot of time in my early years of uni in groups um, and it was no one's fault. I think I think um, as you get older you learn how to be more efficient in your organising and, yeah. and um, you know, get more things done for a cause or causes. But <laughs> a lot of a lot of talk circular talking around issues yeah. um, and a lot of um, a lot of debates. Um, when fundamentally everybody agreed 
and so there was there was a bit of a stalling um, on on you know ever getting anything done and a yeah, lot of things right. a lot of groups never moved yeah because they were splitting in pairs and those sorts of things yeah 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 right you did honors I did as well talk to me a bit about your decision to do that and then and then what that experience was like for you yeah so um I was always very um very academic throughout Mm -hmm. my uni life Mm -hmm. and I was always uh, apart from maybe my first year of uni which I kind of was a bit overwhelmed by by it all I was very dedicated to my studies Mm -hmm. and um to research and to finding out as much as I could about about things that I cared about, mm-hmm. really reading into um, the issues that I cared about and, and trying to work out what are some solutions that we can, we can um, provide to this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I did honours because it seemed to me like a, I wanted a challenge, an intellectual challenge, and there was an issue that I really cared about um, that I didn't think that anyone really knew about mm-hmm. within South Australia. Um, and that was around um, a lot of people know about income management, which is basically it's a welfare quarantining program. And a lot of people know about income management in the Northern Territory, primarily affecting Aboriginal people. But this was a rollout of income management that affected young people in the northern suburbs of Adelaide in the Playford Council area. And 99% of people in that council area are under the age of 22. And not many people knew that that was a group of people that were affected by um, this income management program. Mm. And I was really interested in, um, in, I guess, the policy decision to choose that group of people and, you know, why governments make make political decisions like that and what are the experiences of... um, of people who are under that fall under that policy, mm. and I was particularly interested in, um, I guess, the choice to pick a group of people who really are very dispersed and are not um, able to make connections with other people who are um, under fall under the policy. Right. So, unlike other rollouts of income managements which have been rolled out in communities Mm. where it might be you know relatively easy to find other people who are in a similar situation Mm -hmm. to you this is this that policy was only rolled out to people on um the unreasonable to live at home welfare payment Mm -hmm. so what that means is um if you want to find other people who are on it on income management to talk about your experience you have to admit that you're on unreasonable to live at home youth allowance and so that's stigmatising in itself. So there's there's a stigmatising process even before people have, um, you know, if even if you want to, you know, reach out and find find mm. a community mm. there. And I think that that um, was a personally, I believe that that was that was an on that that was made a purposeful decision, I guess, because um, I think that the policy has been heavily criticised everywhere. And it's less easy to be criticised when you find a group of people who aren't able to talk to each other about the yeah. about the issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how was the experience of doing or trying to do that research? Um, it was really interesting. I really, really liked talking to the young people. Yeah. 
And I was really inspired by them because they were really making the best of a really annoying and impractical situation that they've been put on. Mm. Um, And I was particularly interested in the way that people resist the policy. And so I talked to I talked to some people who were um, organising against the policy in the northern suburbs as well. So um, I will shout out to Pass in the <laughs> anti-poverty network who I spoke to um, and Stop Income Management in Playford, which was the group that started off there, and the young people and how they kind of resisted it, I guess. Basically, it splits your welfare payment in two. And so um, half of your welfare payment's on a card and half of your welfare payment is in cash. So what that means is for a lot of people, they can't actually afford to pay their rent in either the card portion or the um, the cash portion because their rent costs more than either portion of the, of, um, the welfare payment. Yeah. So um, while these people have been targeted under the policy because they are quote-unquote vulnerable to homelessness, they actually become in some ways more vulnerable to homelessness because paying their rent becomes a lot more tricky to navigate. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was very interesting to mm. talk to people about how they made the best out of a terrible situation and, mm. and, um, and how they managed to navigate things and, yeah. and resisting things without even realise that they realising that they were resisting things. Yeah. So I spoke to one young woman who said, yeah, I, um, I swapped my um, – I would buy groceries from my parents and then they would give me cash and then yes. I would pay all my rent with the cash, Yeah, with all the cash. Um, and she didn't realise that she was – I mean, she wasn't doing anything wrong. There's nothing that says you can't do that. but um, Being strategic. She was being strategic yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 What did that experience, the experience of doing that honours project and that particular type of research teach you about what you were interested in doing post-uni? Yeah, so I guess I was really interested, even at that time I was really interested in how can you actually get a group of people together Mm. um, to organise against something that's unfair Mm. and especially when people are really dispersed. And so... When I was looking for jobs, I was looking um, pretty broadly, but it had to be in an area that um, I felt like I was going to be working towards, I guess, addressing some sort of injustice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a really idealistic person. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Which is, um, can be kind of silly at times um sometimes people don't take me seriously because um I can imagine things that other people can't imagine um (laughs) but um I also think that's really important that we shouldn't just um accept that things are the way that they are Mm. and that they can't be changed because then we're how can we how can we shift anything if we we can't you know think big or um or reimagine, you know, what the world could look like. So I was, yeah, I was looking everywhere for jobs, looking in non-for-profits, and then um, and looking in trade. Well, there was a job that came up in a, in a trade union, and yeah. I was interested in applying. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't um, necessarily understand what a trade union is. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that it is 
um, you know, an organisation that will help you when things go wrong at work. And that is true. That is something that a trade union does. But mm. at the fundamental core of um, a trade union is a group of people that <clears throat> are working together mm. to get um, to make their conditions better at work and make their make um, their community better yeah. at work. And beyond that, make the community better. Mm. It's a real. We, we're living in a society where. Um, Work is changing and people are becoming more and more isolated and that, you know, isn't always bad but, um, you know, people people like working freelance, sometimes people like working in casual work um, but the loss of community is really apparent and, um, and everybody knows that when you work in a workplace where people that, you know, that people that you like are working in, mm. um, you have a, a better time in your workplace and your work becomes more meaningful yeah. to you. And what a trade union can be is a group of people that you like in your workplace that support you that also care about your rights yeah. at the same time um, and are willing to, you know, make a difference to, to, to value the work that you do and to value mm your rights in the workplace as well before we kind of get into the oh whoops before we get into the particulars of what you're doing now are there any and it's okay if there aren't but are there any hurdles or legs up that you feel like you had um, on your way to this job that you have now that you think are kind of I don't know salient or significant Mm -hmm. um, in in your success um, I would be lying if I didn't think that I had a heads up from the background that I have, you know, growing up in a union family and, and um, you know, being somewhat connected to the values and the people in the union movement. Um, and I'm also really, really grateful for that and for the impact that that's had, um, you know, and the, the knowledge that I've been given through the people that I've met throughout my life (laughs) and I'm really grateful really grateful to them hurdles I think um I'll probably talk about the hurdles when I talk about my work but (laughs) I guess I was talking before about me being really idealistic and I think I um I sometimes underestimate other people um in their ability to kind of catch up with with what I'm saying, yeah. Um, and so that's been a learning curve that I've had to uh, that I've had to come along in slowing myself down um, to really go back to the basics and talk to people about what thing what unionism means and mm. um, and what um, what we can achieve um, in a space in an organising space in an activist space or or, um, you know, any any kind of area that we're organising in, mm. I have had to learn to not assume knowledge um, and to go back and, and, and that's been really, really great mm. because um, what that means is that you really can come along with somebody on a journey to, um, you know, to be empowered um, and to, I guess, become a really great, Unionist or yeah. activist. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's talk about your job then. Seems like the right time. Um, so tell me what your job is. Okay, so um, fundamentally, um, a union organiser supports the members um, at the workplace um, and the dream of any union organiser is um, <laughs> for the members to be running the show and to be fully empowered and um, basically making all of the decisions and uh, at their workplace level and that we're just kind of on the sidelines, you know, helping out how, you know, <laughs> however we can, running around and, you know, fetching things and things like that. Um, <laughs> um, so that, that is, um, that's the dream that, that, um, that the, the union members are really empowered and are able to push for their rights at work. Um, the members are the union. Mm-hmm. There's no unionism without union members. Mm-hmm. Um, and we in the office really do just support the members to be to be the union at, at their workplace level. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means on a, I guess, a more practical level is um, I, I will provide industrial support to people on, you know, if they have questions about their rights at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I might do some advocacy on a collective level. So just say there's there's an issue that's affecting um, a group of people um, and they've already tried to address it at the local level, then I might step in and say, you know, this issue hasn't been addressed. Um, you know, there's this group of workers um, who are affected by this issue. And also... You know, if members do want to take some action, supporting them through that process as well. Mm -hmm. So um, that can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, Yeah, I might sit down with people one-on-one and, you know, talk them through a resolution of an issue. Um, For me, it's really important to always let people know all of the information that I know so that they can then do the same. So Mm -hmm. what that might mean is that... At a local level, then there's the members, and then in generally, generally in a union, there's delegates or representatives that represent the union at that workplace. Um, and so the union organizer would work really closely with the delegate to support them to advise the other members of the workplace. Yeah. Um, and lots of different unions have different structures, mm. delegate structures, and things like that. And so we would spend a lot of time working one on one with our delegates or, yeah. or representatives um, to help them um, in their jobs mm-hmm. at the local level. Yeah. So it's all really about empowering other people mm-hmm. and getting them together, yeah. um, getting people talking to each other. In a lot of workplaces, people aren't used to talking to each other, especially mm-hmm. if they're working not by themselves or, you know, as we were talking before, you know, if people are working in an isolated environment, they might not be used to talking to other people. Yeah. And um, it can be really confronting to talk about your rights as well. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes people just don't know how to talk about their rights. And a really big issue that is coming up, you know, with the, with changing of work, you know, into more casualised industry and, and things like that, is that people are actually losing the entitlements that they've always had. Yeah. So we're seeing a shift away from permanency. We're seeing a shift towards casualisation um, and things that we've always taken for granted like penalty rates are not necessarily going to be there mm. in the future. So part of a union organiser job, union organiser's job is to actually talk to people about what we could lose as well as what we could gain 
obviously we want to gain a lot of things and that would be ideal. Um, but um, with, and unionism, unionism is dropping as a, you know, as an organised group as well. Yeah. People are not joining their unions mm. as much as they used to. And part of that's to do with that changing work. You know, people don't necessarily know about a union. Mm. Um, they might be working in, in a job just by themselves. So they wouldn't think to join their union. And what that means is that it's easier for organisations or, you know, um, other bodies like governments to step in and, and um, dismantle the entitlements that people have had yeah. in the past. Yeah. So um, a lot of... A lot of I find a lot of my time um, I spend talking to people about about the basics and really talking to people about what we can um, what we can do if we stick together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people may say, you know, I don't think I need the union, or um, you know, I'm not sure what the union's doing for me. And those kind of um, I guess questions around around why people should be be a union. I think that comes from a misunderstanding of what, what a union is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of our job as union organisers is educating people that it's actually not um, not necessarily about what we can do for you. It's that, you know, you guys, what you guys are doing for each other um, and what we have to lose if we don't actually work together and yeah. stick together. Mm-hmm. What do you like most about your job what do you like doing the most um I like talking to the members and I also like um I like seeing people becoming more empowered Mm. at their work sites I'm really inspired by my um my delegates or my reps Mm -hmm. um they are just fantastic um and they're always they're some of the bravest people I know Mm. always kind of sticking up for others at their workplace um, and it really is inspiring when we can achieve a win at the workplace. So, you know, it could be anything from a bullying issue to getting more resources at a work site, um, to work health and safety. The wins are few and far between sometimes. Um, but when you get one, it's really important to celebrate it, um, because it's not, you're not always going to get a win. Sometimes you're going to have you're going to lose, um, which is, it's always, that's always sad. Um, but when you get a win, it's really, really fantastic. Mm. And just to see, you only get a win if the members are sticking together and yeah. supporting each other. Yeah. And that's just inspiring to see people yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You, it's understandable uh, doing what you do, but you talk a lot about what your job means for other people um, in terms of, <laughs> in terms of, for you personally, mm-hmm. um, what kind of a life it affords you, what it does for you financially, this sort of a job, what what is it like for you? Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's good. It's good yeah. financially. Um, it's a permanent job, yeah. which is really fantastic. Um, and for a lot of people my age, that's not, not anything to be sneezed at. Yeah. It's, it's actually... Um, most people, most of my friends don't have permanent jobs. They're on contracts or they're, you know, working in just casual jobs. Um, they might be working several jobs. (laughs) Um, so, um, it's, it is really great to have 
you know, the stability of being in, in a permanent job. Mm. Um, and I really, I mean, I'm going back to talking about other people again, but I, I want that for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it is, it does provide some security mm. in your life. And, and for young people, we're going into a, a society where people can't afford to buy houses. They can't even, you know, even if they can, they can't get a loan because they don't have permanency. Mm. Um, and so having that structure is really, really good. It's a full-time job. I generally work pretty average hours. Some mm. weeks I work more hours than than other weeks. Um, my job, because I work in a public sector union, um, it's pretty nine to five, but mm. um, some other union organisers work really, you know, <laughs> into the night, you know, get up, leave the house at 4am kind of yeah. um, situations depending on the industry that that people work in. Yeah. Um, I do have members who work night shifts, so sometimes I visit them, but I generally try and visit them at like 7pm or 6pm yeah. um, so that I'm not um, <laughs> working night. throughout yes. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of what my, what my working week looks like. Mm. Um, I really like my colleagues mm. they are hilarious and um and it is does make a huge difference when you work with a group of really great people yeah we have singing in the office a lot <laughs> <laughs> um which is really great um our little pod is the most loud of all the pods in our open plan office so something to be proud of there I'm sorry to my other colleagues <laughs> who work in different in the other pods um yeah so that's really fantastic and mm. um and it is really great working with a group of people who share your ideology mm. I'm lucky to have always kind of surrounded my myself with people who share my ideology and I guess it would make sense that I would do that in a working space as well mm. but it really is it really does make a difference because you can talk about, you know, the things that you care about and, and you can be sure that, you know, if you're having a rant about something that's unfair in the world, that you're going to have your, your colleagues are going to be supportive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, so you, we've pretty much done it. You've done really well. (laughs) Um, but I just wanted to ask before we, we stopped is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel is important about your story um take your time hmm I feel like there was gonna something I was going to talk about that I've forgotten about oh no <laughs> go through don't but worry don't all this all the silence I can just take out if you want to think about it a little bit first I don't know um I think Oh, I was going to talk about young people. Hmm. That's great. <laughs> Very on point for the podcast, please. Oh, and I was also going to talk about work. Um, and I mean, I know we've been very, talking about work the whole time. broad categories. No, I know. I know. I was going to talk about, um, I guess maybe I have already talked about it, but I guess as a union organiser, you're thinking about work all the time, mm-hmm. um, other people's work and, and your own work. And how your work can be, people's workplaces can be really, really good. And that, that how we can work together to make our workplaces a really, really good community supports for one another. And I think my workplace is a really good community support for me and yeah. I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, 
working with your colleagues to um, do a scary thing, which is stand up for your rights and entitlements and supporting each other along the way. You know, it can be as simple as, you know, reaching out to a colleague when they're feeling um, sad at work or it might not even be to do with anything at work. Um, The union community is about supporting people Mm. um, more broadly in the world and at work. And so that's really important to me in my job um, for me personally but also for other people who I members and and um and my delegates who I would represent and Mm. and help out and young people don't necessarily know about unions and that's fine (laughs) it's it's actually exciting because we can talk about what we can imagine in a new world (laughs) because my ideology coming out yeah please Um, in you know what could your you know if you're in any industry, in the, in creative industries, in casualized industries, what could um, your union look like? Mm. If you don't have an, if you don't have any assumptions about what a union can look like, just know that it's a group of workers that get together to improve their rights at work, and that's that's all you know about a union. What could that look like at your workplace? It's really exciting. Yeah. I think we're going into a we're going into a really scary world where a lot of our rights and entitlements are, are being attacked, mm. but we're also going into, there's also the possibility there of some really exciting and creative ways to think about how we organise people and organise in our workplaces into the future. Yeah. So. Well done. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> you didn't care. It was mm. really good. Well done. <laughs> If you'd like a little more content, there's a little video of Kath over on our Instagram right now answering a question. If you have any questions for me or Kath about the podcast or anything, just reach out on our social and like, follow and review us as usual. I've been Saren Bell. This has been Gate Close Panic. I'll see you next Friday. Mm-hmm.